welcome to episode three of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. Today we will be discussing Bran chapter one in A Game of Thrones. So make sure you have read the chapter and you're ready to dive in. All right, so we have some answers to our listener questions that we put up on our Facebook. Um, Our first question was, if you were a criminal like Will, would you choose to join the Night's Watch or get your hand cut off? Um, My sister Lexi said Night's Watch. My friend Leslie said hand cut off. Um, Hannah, or I'm sorry, Olivia's sister Emily said Night's Watch. And Hannah actually who is also Olivia's sister, also said hand cut off because at least I could still live my life. I could could handle living with one hand, but I could not handle living in that cold forever, (laughs) which I kind of think is funny because I had originally thought hand cut off too. So the fact that two of you guys said that, thank you. (laughs) Um, And then our second question was, what do you think happened to Garrod? Um, And Lexi said dead. He either froze to death or was killed. Leslie said dead. Emily said, I think he's super dead. And Hannah said, he dead. <laughs> so, so thanks for answering, guys. Comes some consensus on that yeah. one. Uh, so last episode, we discussed the prologue where we met Garrett, Will, and Waymar, Waymar Royce. Um, we also met the others, who we know also as the White Walkers. Um, they killed Waymar. And we aren't exactly sure what happened to Garrett. But Waymar ended up turning into a White Walker, and then it ends with him choking Will, and Will dying. So we don't know what happened to Garrett. Yeah. Um, uh, So what we're going to be covering today is uh, we're in Westeros now. Um, More specifically, we're actually going to be in Winterfell, um, which is the home of the Stark family. Uh, So we're actually going to be meeting the Stark family today. We're going to be meeting Bran, Eddard, and Rob. Um, as well as the bastard son of Eddard Stark, Jon Snow. Um, there's some other characters kind of uh, thrown in there. Um, Theon Greyjoy, we're going to meet him today too. Um, as well as a few other characters, uh, some small little characters. Mm-hmm. So um, for the wine tonight, I kind of just went with something that I knew. Um, my friends back in... Oh, jeez. My friends back in Arizona would drink this and we kind of fell in love with it so i thought i would show chris and olivia it also has a crown on it which yep so it's kind a of a little fitting. fitting oh what is it called St- oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um stella rose black um i don't it honestly it looks like the rest of it is pretty much in a different language it's Il a Conte. semi-sweet yeah so yeah is it a red I white think. It's right. <laughs> I'll move my glass so that you can reach it. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, that's like, that's like juice. <laughs> that's like grape juice. I like Oh, that's it. good. That is really yeah. good. Oh. All right. Are we ready to start? I think so. Okay. We are in Westeros. Um, so like I have done in the past couple episodes, I looked up the etymology of what Westeros means. Two chunks of the word. First one, West. We all know what that means. It's just a di- direction. And then arrows. The second part means love. 
West love. West love. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> if that points to anything in the rest of the book, but that's what it means. So, we are in the ninth year of summer. Um, the seasons in Westeros are a little bit different than the ones you and I experience. So, the summer and winter seasons last years. So, right now, they're in the ninth year of summer. And they said that this summer has been particularly long. And I want to go a little bit into depth about what Westeros is. And I'm pulling this from the Wiki of Ice and Fire. It says, Westeros is one of the four known continents in the known world, the others being Essos, Sophorios, and Yothos. Most of the area of Westeros is covered by a political entity known as the Seven Kingdoms, while the far north beyond the wall includes the Free Folk. The closest foreign nations to Westeros are the Free Cities, a collection of independent city-states across the Narrow Sea in western Essos. To the south of, south of Westeros lies the Summer Isles. So that kind of gives you a little bit of background about Westeros, where we're going to be spending the majority of our time here. So more specifically, we are in Winterfell. And the north. The north. So Winterfell is the home of the Stark family, which we are going to be talking about a few of their family members today. Um, this is also, this is from the Game of Thrones fandom website. It says, Winterfell is the capital of the Kingdom of the North and the seat and the ancestral home of the Royal House Stark. It is a very large castle located at the center of the north from where the head of the house Stark rules over his or her people. So, that's, that's Winterfell. And who is the lord of the, of the Stark family? Eddard. Hmm. Eddard Stark. So, this, this chapter starts off with Bran traveling, Bran Stark traveling with 20 other men to watch a beheading. And among these people are his father, Lord Eddard Stark. Um, I also looked up what Eddard means because that's another weird name that we don't hear a lot. It is from American origin and it means wealthy guardian, which I think is very fitting for Eddard because, as you'll see, he's very much a guardian of the North. Mm-hmm. King I of the North, actually. King of the North. The man that he is to behead is Garrod. So that's the man that we met in the prologue. Jury's out. It's Garrod. Yep. So we found out where he is. Exactly. Basically, we only figured that out because when you read the this brand chapter one, um, there's literally a part that says like the man that was to be to be executed was you know a short old scrawny man who didn't have his ears and had lost a whole bunch of his fingers to. The cold. So it kind mm-hmm. of, it doesn't exactly say his name. It mm-hmm. just kind of gives you the description. But we've put two and two together yeah. and we believe it's Garrett. Correct. So he is being beheaded because he is deserting the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't blame him for running. I would be kind of scared out of my mind too. Yeah. So uh, this is Bran's first time watching a beheading. And I was thinking like, how does he feel doing this he's like seven years old and he's watching a beheading for his first time he probably feels anxious nervous unsure of what he's gonna see um and this is his first experience with death firsthand so this is kind of a big deal for him uh it says in the chapter that he is sitting on his pony with his two older brothers on horses side by side 
Um, and little Bran is trying to seem older than seven years old, and he's pretending he's seen this all before, and he's trying to act like his brothers who have probably experienced this multiple times before. So, little Bran. He's trying to grow up. Yes, oh, little, little Bran. Bran. Um, and so I wanted to go a little bit deeper into Bran. He is seven years old. I did look up his etymology as well. Bran is of Welsh origin, and it means raven. Now, mm. I want you guys to hold on to that for a little bit. For Interesting. Like, for, like, quite a long time, because that's going to come up. <laughs> like a really long time. Like a long later, time ago. So just remember, Bran means raven. And if, for those of you who have seen the show, you know. <laughs> um so let's see i pulled up a an article on the wiki again just to go a little more into depth about bran he is the second son of lord eddard stark and lady catelyn tully um he has four older siblings rob john sansa and Arya, and then one younger brother rickon uh it says his appearance he favors his mother Catelyn in appearance, having the thick auburn hair and deep blue eyes of the Tullys. Bran is a sweet and thoughtful boy, well-loved by everyone at Winterfell. He has a fascination with climbing and exploring along the walls and ramparts of the castle. Catelyn once jested that Bran could climb before he could walk. However, his climbing often distresses her. Like his siblings, Bran is also dutiful and tough-minded, but also possesses a propensity for adventure and excitement. He yearns to see far-off places one day and dreams of becoming a knight. So that was... Thank you, Chris. Sorry, we're refilling. Topping off my wine. Honestly, it was just that good. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it was delicious. Okay. Um, next, we meet Bran's older brother, Robert Stark. But for now, we're going to call him Rob. Um, Rob kind of gives his thoughts on Garrod at this point. And he thinks that Garrett was a wildling that swore allegiance to Mance Raider, who is king beyond the wall. Um, and just a little bit about Mance here. Um, he was once a man of the Night's Watch before breaking his vows and abandoning, abandoning his post. He has since become extremely influ- influential among the free folk and is called king beyond the wall. Um, he is a slender man and of mid- mid-height, um, he's broader in the chest and shoulders and tall and really tall. His long brown hair has gone mostly gray and laughter lines appear at the corner of his mouth. Mance has a sharp face with shrewd brown eyes. And this is interesting because for those of you who have seen the show, um, this you wouldn't think this about him, but it says here that Mance has a fondness for music, especially wildling songs. Some consider his voice passable and his playing fair. When Rob says that Garrod was a wildling that swore his allegiance to Mance Raider, Bran is reminded of tales old Nan used to tell him. Old Nan is their nanny, so she's kind of this old woman that tells these crazy stories. Scaring children. Scary stories. Yeah, yeah, scary stories about nothing better than a nanny scaring little this, kids. I mean, if Bran is seven years old, he was how old? Hearing stories about yeah. wildlings and, and whatever, killing people. Okay. Exactly. Well, he's also being taken to a beheading, so it's uh, not true. like it's that much worse. Yeah. So yeah. this is from the book. Uh, this is what old Nan has told Bran. The wildlings were cruel men, she said, slavers and slayers and thieves. They consorted with giants and ghouls, stole girl children in the dead of night, and drank blood 
from polished horns. And their women lay with the others in the long night to sire terrible half-human children. So for a seven-year-old, that's kind of freaking terrifying. That is terrifying. And I don't blame Bran for being kind of scared of that. Next, we learn that Garrett is being beheaded as a punishment for deserting the Night's Watch. So now we know what a punishment is for deserting your brothers on the wall. Yes. You get beheaded. You yep. lose your head. You lose your head. Um, and then it says, above the bannerman, above them, the bannerman was holding the Stark house flag. And the house flag has their sigil on it, which is a dire wolf, which is racing acro- across a white ice field. And we're going to talk about dire wolves later on in the episode. So, um, next we, we kind of, so I'm going to kind of introduce the characters a little bit more. I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about their descriptions and stuff. So, Eddard, who is also known as Ned, I mean, I think he's better known as Ned. Everybody kind of just calls him Ned. Mm -hmm. Um, his, he is about 35 years old. He's got long brown hair, gray eyes, and they describe him as having this super trimmed beard, which, go Ned for keeping up with keeping that beard right, you know? Beard game gotta be strong. Um, I'm gonna try to open (laughs) up this document right here and give you guys a little bit more of a description about him. So, um, it says he has a long face, long brown hair, like I said. Um, his beard is beginning to gray, making him look older than his 35 years. And his, oh, we actually like this because it says his dark eyes, his dark gray eyes reflect his mood, turning soft as fog or hard as stone. So it's Mm. kind of like a mood ring. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you can kind of read his, read his, um, mood through his face. Um, it's also, according to Catelyn, um... His brother was more handsome than he was, but she states that he has a good sweetheart beneath his solemn face. Um, He keeps faith with old gods, and he is fiercely protective over his wife and children, children who he loves deeply. Um, So I actually have, on page 14 of the book, I have a little thing about Ned. It says... He had taken off his father's face, Bran thought, and donned the face of Lord Stark of Winterfell. And we like that just because that kind of shows that Ned, like, knows when to be Lord of Winterfell. And when to be dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when to play more father. And I think it also shows that he separates the roles yeah. A lot. Like, kind yeah. of compartmentalizes when he has to be dad, when he has to and be And I think Lord. that's super important. Yeah. For the, we'll talk about that, too, yeah. is when, when he splits up the roles as dad versus Eddard Because you don't always see that, see that with, like, highborn families. Like, they're more concerned about... Yeah. Always being a Yeah, Lord. exactly. So, Ned's... I don't know. Ned's pretty cool, in my opinion. Um, it's also said that Bran said he remembers um, Ned questioning the deserter but he doesn't exactly remember the questions that were asked which just again shows how anxious and nerve-wracking this experience could have been and how anxious he was and how he doesn't remember specifics he just knows I think that he's it concentrating happened. on yeah. being an adult yeah exactly he's just so he's got he's got his mind his mind isn't necessarily it's 
thinking a lot more about other things going on too. So, um, then what happens is Ned basically has his ward, Theon Greyjoy, bring his sword to him. Um, his sword's name is Ice. And again, on page 14, I have a little blurb. How fitting that it's called Ice. Right. Being from the north. <laughs> so it. this is a little thing. It says... It was as wide across as a man's hand and taller than even Rob. The blade was Valyrian steel, spell-forged, and as dark as smoke. Nothing held an edge like Valyrian steel. So then you kind of go into that and, I mean... Like a, ha- a man's hand. Yeah. I, like, it's, but also Rob. You said Rob is over Rob six is, feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Rob so is tall. This and sword is huge. The fact that the sword is taller than Rob... And, I mean, Chris, you got big hands. Like, that's massive. Yeah. That's the blade. Is that's insane to think about. That's and, like, and think about how heavy that is. Yeah. But it's not heavy because it's... Valerian steel. steel. Which we looked up. And I'm going to pull this little document back up so we can read directly from what we saw. Because it talks about how Valerian steel isn't the same as... Okay, so it shows when fashioned into bladed weapons, the steel can hold an an especially keen edge, remaining sharp forever without needing without the need for honing. Aside from its sharp sharpness, Valyrian steel is recognizable by its strength and lightweight in comparison to ordinary steel, as well as by a res- distinctive rippled pattern visible in blades made from it. So, I mean, that alone is telling you that this blade has different char- characteristics than a normal, what a normal sword might be made out of every day. It you almost know? sounds like it's like Damascus steel. Like we have Damascus steel that has that rippled pattern to yeah. it. Now, and it sounds like that. Your wedding ring is, is Damascus, Damascus steel. steel. Yeah. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's Valerian steel. <laughs> oh. Maybe I'll post a picture of Chris's ring so you guys can see what we're talking about. <laughs> but so... Basically, from there, he has the sword brought to him, and he prepares to carry through the beheading, which, again, <laughs> on page 14, mm-hmm. I have a little blurb to Sometimes read. the book says it better than we can. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just Most reading it straight from is just better than what we can even describe to you guys. So this one's a little... Bear with me. It's a lot of titles, and it's just a Names. Lot. So, Okay. In the name of Robert of the House of Baratheon, the first of his name, King of the Andals and the Roinar and the first of men, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms and Protector of the Realm, by the word of Eddard of the House Stark, Lord of Winterfell and Warden of the North, I do sentence you to die. He lifted the great sword high above his head. So, obviously there's a whole a whole bunch of... Well, then he does it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of sayings that go into it, and then he does he does the thing. He does the deed. He does the deed. Yeah, so... He carries out the sentence. <sighs> that happens, and it says that Bran kind of notices all of the blood, and there's so much that he, I mean, couldn't look away. He's, he's I was going to say, he's probably in shock. Yeah, I mean, just, like, entranced by how... All yeah. of it. You like, know? you don't think about, like... That's a lot of freaking blood. Yeah. 
Exactly. After a so, beheading. I mean, like, you don't... I, maybe he's, like, heard about it, but he, he's, like, just coming to the realization now. He is only seven. So, yeah. and then, um... <laughs> this was... This was... I mean, I'll have to read it, too, but basically the whole thing is that the head, when Ned beheaded Garrett, it bounced off a thick root and rolled, and it came up near Greyjoy's feet. So, the ward, Theon, it, it rolled over to Theon's feet, and Theon is just known for thinking everything is amusing. And he laughed and put his boot on the head and kicked it away. And John was just not having it. So the little... <laughs> what did John call him? <laughs> I'm going to read it. Hold on. <laughs> so it says, The head bounced off a thick root and rolled. It came up near Greyjoy's feet. Theon was a lean, dark youth of 19 who found everything amusing. He laughed, put his boot on the head, and kicked it away ass, John muttered. <laughs> Low enough, Greyjoy did not hear him. <laughs> See, I can just, I just imagine yeah, that. I <laughs> thought that was... <laughs> we we like to po- kind of popcorn read the books all together out loud, and when that part came up, I was giggling before I even got it out. Um, so after that, um, all 20 of the men that were on the site or on the scene, you could say, um, started riding back to Winterfell. Um, okay, so like I said, he's described as lean, dark, and handsome. Um, he seems to find everything amusing. He's known for his confidence and his cocky smile. He's promiscuous and vain. We all know that. <laughs> um, but behind his arrogant exterior hides insecurities relating to his uncertain familial and social identity. So... Theon's a little complicated, but... A little. We'll get into that. I mean, we'll get into him more later on. Um, Next, we get to talk about one of my favorites, um, Jon Snow. I have a thing for him, undeniably. I mean, I mean, come on. He's He's a looker. He's just kind of... He's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty. <laughs> um, so he is a bastard, okay, just before we get into anything. But he is the one who told Bran not to look away, and if he did, his father would know. Um, I mean, I even remember that in the episode um, of the TV show, and it's just like, I don't know. It's, he cares, obviously, and wants him to watch because he doesn't want his dad to be disappointed, but just kind of... I think kinda, we'll see later on, too. He's yeah. kind of looking out for the Starks. Yeah, exactly. So, he's looking out for Bran, but it kind of... It's kind of a weird situation, I guess, to yeah. be like, who hey, don't look away. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, his last name is Snow because he was born out of wedlock. Um, even though he is Ned Stark's... Yes. ...biological son. Yes. Um... So, bastard names in Game of Thrones have to do with the region in which they were born. So, Snow is obviously the the North, I mean. Yep, so if you were born in the North as a bastard, your last name yeah. will be Snow. So, and then I have a list of the other bastard names. From, like, the different Yes, from areas. the different regions. So... Snow is the north, storm is the stormlands, rivers is riverlands, 
Um, Hill is Westerlands. Pike is Iron Islands. Stone is the Vale. Flowers is the Reach. Waters is the Crownlands. And Sand is Dorne. I think so, that was really interesting. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them, and I think that's, I don't know, I think that's pretty cool. And the um, et- etymology of John's name, um, John is from Hebrew origin, and it means gift from God. And, I mean, if we're being honest. He is a gift. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. I, I gotta be honest. I mean, I'm just, I like, I enjoy me some Jon Snow. Um, and his description, let me Okay. Oh, we love the wiki. Yes, we, we do. love the wiki. Um, so, John is the son who has more Stark-like features than any of his half-brothers. So, he's graceful and quick. He has a lean build. He has a long face and dark brown hair and gray eyes, just like his father. Um, and it literally says, John resembles his father. And because he looks so much like a Stark... Um, Tyron notes that whoever John's mother was, she left little, little of herself in her son's appearance. So she's he's real Stark. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it literally says that out of all the Stark children... He looks the most like John Ned. is who looks like Ned. Yeah. So he's... Um, he's a good guy. I mean, overall, I think John's pretty cool. He is pretty cool. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Um... And it's actually also said that he is 14 in the books, which let me get through Rob as well. And we have a little point here. Um, but so like I was saying, there's also Rob, who is the biological child of both Ned and Catelyn. So he's not a bastard. He's full on <laughs> Yeah. Um, so his etymology is, his name is Scottish and it means bright and famous which we thought was pretty fitting for Rob as well. I mean, honestly, when we look up the names, like it kind of I'm fits. not disappointed. Yeah. In the description they're choosing for these names mm-hmm. or where they're from. So, um, Rob's appearance favors his Tully side, which is Catelyn's side. Um, he has a stocky build, blue eyes and thick reddish brown hair. He's strong and fast. And he, like I just said about John, is 14. Um, um, he also shares his father's devotion to honor. So, Rob's pretty cool, too, in my book. Oh, Olivia. Knock it off. <laughs> She's over there giggling. Okay, sorry. So, so basically, um, the point I wanted to make about the boy's age is I stopped us in the middle of reading this chapter because... They, as I read earlier, Theon is described as 19, and Rob and John are both described as 14. And when you're watching the show... They look the same age. Yeah, I mean, John maybe looks a year younger. Maybe. Like, that's reaching. And just a little fun fact, I read that the writers of the show actually made all of the characters older than what they were supposed to be in the book because... A lot of the stuff they get into in the show and the books is yeah. very adult. And it would be really, really weird if we had, like, 14-year-olds doing all this yeah. adult stuff. So they wanted to make it kind of a little more, like, culturally appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, I, and I appreciate that. Yes. I just thought it was interesting reading that. And um, I would have never 
known that that's how the story should have been, I guess. But, um, so basically after all of the shenanigans of Theon and the little comment from John, um, John and Rob decide to race to the bridge, but, um, Bran doesn't even try to follow because his little pony, I mean, it wouldn't, it, yeah, it wouldn't have been able to keep up. So he was just kind of hanging back and he started getting really deep in thought and just kept thinking about, I mean, I could, I could understand just thinking about that deserter's eyes. Yeah. And like right before it. That really, it seems like that really stuck with Bran. Yeah. Yeah. So right before they actually take off to the bridge, I want to read this one um, line here. It was a bit of a conversation between Rob and uh, John. Um, it starts with Rob saying, The deserter died bravely. He was big and broad and growing every day. With his mother's coloring, the fair skin, red-brown red hair, and blue eyes of the Tullys of Riverrun. He had courage, at the least. No, Jon Snow said quietly. It was not courage. The one was dead. This one was dead of fear. You could see it in his eyes, Stark. And then after that, they take off towards the... Um, Towards the bridge. And so after this, that, that kind of leaves Bran kind of thinking about what they said, you know, is that, um, is that true? Like, does a man have, was he fearful or did he have bravery? Um, and Ed can kind of see that. So then we're talking about Ed turning on his faces, um, and switching faces. He switches over to dad face here and truly walks in, um, uh, walks up to Bran here. Um... <clears throat> And the first thing he asks Bran is, like, any dad is, are you okay? You know, after I just beheaded a man, you know, you, know, <laughs> you all right? How you doing? Um, yeah, and um, the biggest thing that, that he brings up to Ed here is what we were just talking about, that conversation between the two. And so he asks Ed, um, what does he think? Um, or Ed asks him what he thinks, and Bran says, um, well, can a man be both brave and afraid? And... Ned's reply, which I think is fantastic here, is that's the only time that a man can be brave is when he's afraid. Um, so Facts. then he at, yeah. So then he asked Brand um, if he actually understood why he beheaded him, and Brand was still under the belief here that this guy was a wildling. So he starts telling him, oh well, he was a wildling. He deserved to die. He did all these things, and Ned says, oh, you're listening to old man stories again. Um, and he explains that the deserter was actually um, a deserter for the Night's Watch, and he had broken an oath, and that's why he had to behead him. So then Bran, Bran kind of brings up to him, he goes, well, um, King Robert actually has a headsman, so why do you feel that you need to behead people? You know, the king has someone to do it for him. Um, and I want to get into this quote, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, <clears throat> uh, Ned's response to that is pretty, is pretty good. Uh, it says, Yet our way is the old way. The blood of the first men still flows in the veins of the Starks, and we hold to the belief that the man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. If you would take a man's life, you owe it to him to look him in the eyes to hear his final words. And if you cannot bear to do that, then perhaps the man does not deserve to die. So uh, I think that quote kind of stick, uh, sticks with me a little bit because that kind of, if you can't pass the judgment, if you can't do hold uh, hold the man accountable for their crimes by actually putting the sword to them, then you shouldn't be able to pass the judgment on the person. Yeah, and I think that's why he. I don't know. I think that's why Ned is the way he is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. I He's mean, a very honorable man. Yeah. Um, 
and it goes into the etymology of, of the Stark name itself. It's German for strong um, and powerful. So after this conversation, uh, one of these, this funny kind of exchange, exchange, yeah, I would say between, um, and it, it truly to me is shows like a family. It doesn't show a Lord, Lord Eddard Stark yeah. of the North. Instead, it shows a dad and sons and how a normal family <laughs> would operate during this situation. So um, it, their conversation ends when John is waving down his dad and Bran. And he says, come here, you need to see this, and you need to see what Rob has found. Um, <laughs> and uh, a little side note on that is I remember one of the horse lords going, do you think it's trouble to Lord to, to Ned? And Ned goes, if it's my sons, it's definitely something that's <laughs> troublesome. You know, so it just, it kind of falls into that, <laughs> just a normal dad yeah. kind of situation. Um so what they actually find uh, as they ride across is something pretty amazing. Um, they come up upon this corpse of a dead animal, and that dead animal is none other than a dire wolf. So what is a dire wolf? Um, we're going to take a look at it. So a dire wolf um, was named for the real-world dire wolves, um, which are larger than, larger than modern wolves, but not as large as they're actually portrayed in the ice and fire. Um, Direwolves can grow larger than ponies and twice the size of large hounds. That's massive. In proportion to their bodies, their legs are longer than their heads and larger than normal wolves. Their muzzles are also longer and more pronounced. And some of the possible colors are yellow, yellow eyes, and black with green eyes. Albino direwolves have white fur and red eyes. <clears throat> so, when they get to them... Um, they see this dire wolf is actually dead. Um, and what a lot of people take as a bad omen is how this dire wolf died. Now the Starks are, their sigil is a dire wolf. This dire wolf was killed by an antler shard in the neck, in the neck of a deer. Hmm. And is a deer a sigil of another house? It is Baratheon, who's the king of winter, of, uh, Westeros um, right yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven, so, <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, um, as Rob, or as uh, Ned actually enters the, the whole area, we see Rob is holding something in his arms, but he doesn't say what it is, and we don't actually get the hint of what it is. And Rob takes the antler from the the uh, <clears throat> from the dead dire wolf, and everybody kind of looks around each other and is like, oh, you know, everyone else takes it as a bad omen, but not Ned. Um, but then we finally get to see what, um, he's actually holding and we see that it's a pup. I was going to say another thing about Ned, and this is also in the wiki, he's not really one to believe in like signs yeah. or anything. Yeah. He, he doesn't really believe in any of that. He's like so. what I can physically hold, I believe. Exactly. He's um, not really one for symbols or signs or anything. So. Yeah. Um, so it, it, in this situation, um, we see kind of a, a father-son thing. Like if you gave a puppy to a child and then you tried to take the puppy away from the kid, the kid's probably going to be pretty upset because they're going to immediately become attached to that. So that's kind of what happens here. Rob ends up giving Bran one of these direwolf puppies um, and he does not want to let it go. And Ned's like, okay, well, we should just, you know, we should kill them because it's better that we kill them now 
or they'll starve to death. Um, and Bran says, no, like, I don't, I don't want to give it up. And John intercedes here and says, um, well, the direwolf is the house sigil of Stark. So it's your house sigil and you have five children and I count five pups. And I thought it was cool. There was three boy direwolves and two girl direwolves. And just like the Stark children, there's three boys and two girls. So it was kind of meant to be. Yeah. And, and Ned kind of takes this and it, it kind of, it's like a bittersweet moment for, for Ned. Um, because John, when he says that, he's excluding himself um, from the Stark children. It means that he really doesn't see himself as a Stark. Um, he really does see himself as that bastard child. Um, and so even, uh, I think Ed even, or Ned, Ned even says... Um, don't you want one for yourself, John? And I, I think John just kind of passes it on. Um, so then we kind of have like a, a, a dad moment here again where Bran won't give up the puppy and um, Ned is forced to say, okay, well, if you want it, you got to take care of it. Like you would just hear a normal dad say, if you want to keep it, then you're going to have to put in the legwork. And of course, you know, Bran's like, of course I will. And he goes, okay, well, it goes beyond just, you know, j- just taking care of it and feeding it. Like, you have to train it. Yeah. And he says, I don't, what did you say before? Like, Well, he just says, like, even the kennel hands aren't going to help you. Like, yeah. This is, you are feeding, training, and doing all of this. And dire wolves are extremely yeah, he, strong. Yeah, he said the dire wolf can take off a man's arm as easily as a dog can kill a rat. So... It's, you know, you're, you're training this humongous creature in, and that's your job now. <laughs> um, you have to make sure it's done right. Right. So, um, after that finally happens and the pups are, are kind of brought back, um, they start to ride back towards Winterfell. John is the last one out and he starts to ride across the bridge and he hears something. And, uh, he turns around and rides back and he's with Theon Greyjoy at this point. Um, they're the last two there. And Theon notes that he sees John go down and pick up uh, pick up something and come up. And he has one more puppy with him. Uh, one more pup. Um, and Theon kind of comments, oh, it's an albino. Um, it's going to die first. If any of them are going to die, this one's going to die first. And um, John kind of comments um, that uh, that its eyes are already open. And it was actually away from its mother. Now it was up and already exploring. It was already exploring, and the pup was white, like snow. Oh, John! Like what? John Snow. Ha ha ha! Huh. <laughs> huh. That's crazy. So ha, ha. two plus two equals four. It's pretty obvious that this one is going to be John Snow's. Wolf. This is going to be John's wolf, um, Don's dire wolf. So. Um, and it kind of shows also, like, I think it's a precursor a little bit because not only is it white, but it also has its eyes already open and exploring, and it shows John might have a, a better grip on everything that's going on yeah. than anybody else at this point. Um, so John takes that, and they head back to Winterfell, and that is the end of that chapter. Woo! Questions? Yeah, some discussion questions. Um if you had to pick a house sigil for yourself, what would it be? Can I go first? You can go first. 
been the longest since you've talked. So, so your girl is also a Harry Potter nerd. I am House Gryffindor, and I would pick a lion as my house sigil because I love Gryffindor and Harry Potter. <laughs> and it's also my favorite animal is a lion. So it's funny that she picks Harry Potter because when we talk about this, um, I immediately went with, oh, that's funny because I was thinking that too. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I am House Slytherin and I am, I feel like a pretty good embodiment of Slytherin. So if I were to pick a house sigil, it would probably be a snake. Cool. I would I would pick an eagle. I think it's surprising none of these have eagles in their sigils. I don't know. They have birds, but they're not the eagles inside. Um, well, we birds. haven't really seen any of the other sigils. Yeah. No, not but yet. Um, yeah. not yet. But um, just from what we know. From personal yeah. experience, I haven't seen many, but I think an eagle would be kind of cool. Bella's looking as a my sigil. <laughs> Um, what would you name your dire wolf if you had one? So we talked about this one too, and I went, I was struggling because I think it kind of depends on what my dire wolf would look like, to be fair. You well, know, look at the colors. I, yeah. yeah um, but I kind of came to the point that if I were to, let's say, have a albino one, I think because of the white, I would probably go with like Luna. Another Harry Potter reference. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I, yeah. I think mine I would go with, if, especially with the black with yellow eyes, is probably Shadow. I think that would go well. I know we don't know the names of the direwolves yet, but I would go with Shadow for mine. Okay, so I'm going to be a typical girl and name my direwolf after my favorite flower, and it was also my wedding flower. So I would name mine Sunflower. The thing is that we... From experience, know what some of these direwolves' names will become. I know. It's very similar to another one, which and we're not going to say right now. <laughs> it is. And so is mine. It is. Um, but it also... There's also some ones that are pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So don't think that... I know, but still. <laughs> yeah. um, so why was Bran told to not look away, you think, from the beheading? What, what was his dad... I mean, what was his dad saying or feeling that made him, you know, not look away? Why was he told not to look away? Well... I don't think we mentioned this, but in the book, Catelyn was like, Ned, why are you taking your seven-year-old son to go see a beheading? He's only seven. Yeah. And Ned's like, well, he's going to be a man someday, so he's he better learn soon, you know? Yeah. So I think that he, he told Bran not to look away during the beheading. Or he, Bran was told this because Ned wants him to grow up because he knows that Bran is going to be in charge in some part of Winterfell someday, mm-hmm. not maybe not like King of the North, but like yeah. he's gonna have a leadership role, and he wants him to be prepared. He's gonna have the power to. I just think that because I mean, and I don't even know if necessarily he would be considered to have the power now because he's so young, but like he would have the power to say, "This man has done this, this, and this. He is sentenced. I would. I think he should be sentenced to death." So. I think that Ned wants him to kind of be able to see it and not necessarily be comfortable. I don't think comfortable would be the word, but, like, he would be able to do it himself, I guess. Yeah, he's not He's not going to be, yeah. um, you know, scared of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right, so that's the end of our discussion questions. That's it. 
Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast, and also on Instagram and Twitter at Game of Wines 1. Uh, make sure you check out our Facebook page for updates and posting anything about discussion on this episode and the next one. Our next episode will be discussing Catlin Chapter 1, so make sure you read that chapter before tuning into our next episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will see you next week.